0: Soothing sounds of Joey Cleveland Bringing us into another episode of That's What G Said Podcast Thank you for all tuning in, downloading, listening Whatever device you are on We appreciate you here with us Probably listening to this late Friday night Saturday sometime, August 30th into August 31st We have a big show for you We'll talk some horse racing We'll have some uh, Saturday horse racing Late pick five from Kentucky Downs, a couple plays from Del Mar. We'll talk a little bit about a a horse I like on Sunday at Saratoga. This episode will focus a lot on the NFL over unders. We're going to do a big segment going through all of the AFC teams, what their projected over unders are, if we like the over, if we like the under. So we'll get a little season preview. We'll go through their schedules. Ballers, final season of Ballers. Love this show with The Rock. We're going to go through a, a recap. Of season one or uh, episode one of the final season, BH 90210. You into the recap? Are you into the reboot? The first episode, first part of the first episode, took a little while to get going. I think it's starting to get full swing now. I'm hoping to get an opportunity to get a second season in there because I think the last two episodes have been their best. Then we'll close things out with a little all elite wrestling. Double or nothing preview. But first, if you follow me on social meds, on the social meds, anywhere, you saw that I posted earlier today, and I have some amazing news to share with everyone. And to help me share that news, I wanted to bring in a very special guest, the most specialist guest I've ever had on this show, or ever will have on this show, my girlfriend and the mother of our future child, Stephanie. Stephanie, how you feeling, babe?
1: Hi, it's my first podcast. Hi, you podcast exci- world.
0: You excited to be on a podcast? Yeah. So, physically, how are you feeling right now? Where are where are we right now? We're about two little over two months out. So you're almost seven months right now. How are you feeling?
1: Uh, feeling okay. Feeling hungry and large and, you know, knocking things over, getting stuck in the car, but um, <laughs> otherwise not too bad.
0: And have you come to terms with the fact that you are going to have to be dealing with me now in some way, shape or form forever, because we are going to share a kid? I mean, I don't know if you were quite ready to realize that you're probably going to be stuck with me now. Uh, are you okay with this?
1: This is a really interesting place to answer that question. <laughs>
0: I put the pressure on you now, right, babe? You can't just shoot me down now in front of everyone else. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So now you're, now you're stuck with me. We're going to have to, uh, do a, do a a great job. So how overall it's been a little bit rough because right now your, your dad has had some, some physical issues. My dad's had some, some physical stuff going on too, and we've been kind of hoping they're doing okay and trying to take care of them a little bit, but overall, how are you feeling right now? Just in general, now mentally, we talked physically, are you, are, are you nervous, excited? Give me some of the, uh, the emotions you're feeling.
1: Just excited to see um, what this tiny boy is like. Um, I'm really um, grateful for all the support um, from your postings online today. So thank you, everybody, for that. I know there's a lot of people speculating about um, what he's going to be into. And I can't wait to push him into being into the beach and ocean life and indie alternative music. Uh, But we'll we'll see how that goes.
0: And we've uh, we had a little shower when we were over in Texas with some of your friends and they were so sweet. And we already got some baby Dodger and baby cowboy stuff. So we know that from from a sports perspective, this baby is going to be a little bit split. Between, between some of the Texas teams And between some of the LA teams that I root for you know, I, I'm okay with that So you may have to use this recording Years later and show it to me But I'm, I'm okay with that
1: Yeah for sure, you heard it here first
0: um, And the reason One of the, the things that I posted too For those of you who didn't know I got sick, uh, I had cancer Nine years ago And when That had happened After going through all the chemotherapy they had told me that I, um, prior to the starting chemotherapy, they said there's there's an opportunity that after all of the, the treatments and stuff, you may not be able to have kids afterwards. So I was prepared for that. And then after the chemotherapy, uh, I had tested been tested a few times, and that they said that was in fact the case that I was not able to have kids. So. This was definitely a surprise and definitely a miracle. And I know you were nervous and you, and you were kind of not sure if you wanted to come on, but I'm really glad you did just for a few minutes so I could introduce everyone to you because you're such a big part of my life now. And I know all the listeners out there, um, they're like my friends, so they, they know everything that's going on in my life. And now they know really everything that's going on in our lives. So thank you very much, babe, for coming on and being, uh, being the opening guest for this show. And uh, I love you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you soon when you get back from Texas.
1: Thank you, and uh, I'm foreseeing a future segment when I'll come back with the little one. Maybe we'll call it um, Ouija. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and he can have his own part of the show.
0: Okay, that sounds great, and we'll have to uh, do a, a full Grand Hotel recap at the episode of the season, uh, at the end of the this season. We can kind of do an overview because that's one of our uh, our soap opera shows that we like watching together, The Grand Hotel. So we I have. Can't uh, wait we have at least one or two more to catch up on. So
1: you told me that was what was happening here. So you tricked me. I I ninjaed you.
0: I ninjaed you. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk some grand hotel next time. So, okay, babe, thanks a lot. Go get some sleep.
1: Thank you. And thank you everybody for all the support.
0: Okay. We'll be back in just a second here on that's what G said. And we're going to start talking some NFL over unders. The schedule will be NFL over unders AFC, then horse racing. Then we'll get into ballers. Then BH nine o two and o, and we'll close it out with all elite double or nothing, or all the all elite all out. I keep saying double or nothing. They, they all the all in all, double or nothing, all out. All the gambling puns. I get them all confused. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Okay, here we go. NFL. We're gonna start with the AFC, and then on the next episode, we'll get through the NFC. We're gonna go through all of the AFC. Teams, they're projected over-unders We'll talk about what we think are going to be Over or under, we'll take a little look At the schedule for each of These AFC teams, so Let's start in order, we'll go alphabetically Alphabetical order, we're going to start in the AFC With Yeah, I know my ABCs, the Baltimore Ravens We can start with Baltimore okay, They're over-under, now I'll, I'm going to use I'm using the Westgate Odds just so I can, can stay with one, because at, at different sites they're going to be slightly different. You're going to have juice on some of them. Most of the totals are the same as far as the number of wins, but sometimes they're, uh you're having to give more juice. You know, sometimes they're they're not just minus one ten, minus one ten for most of them. So I'll I'll try to uh, be as specific as possible. So I'm using the ones for on the Westgate, and we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens. Whose over-under was 8.5. And, and it's even. Minus 110, minus 110 on either side. I like the over quite a bit. The way that I see the AFC unfolding, I think there are going to be uh, two good divisions and then two bad divisions. And you'll see that'll kind of come to play with the, the teams that I'm discussing. So Baltimore... With their over/under of eight and eight and a half, look at you. Look at their schedule to start. They should be two and zero, and I think this is why I'm I'm going to go over with them. They start with Miami at Miami and Arizona, who are two of the worst teams in the league. You look at the rest of their schedule. They have games against Cincinnati, Buffalo, the Jets, two Cincinnati games, Buffalo and the Jets. So we're not talking about the best teams in the league So Baltimore has an opportunity to go 2-0 and to start They have the Buffalo game, the Jets game Two games with Cincinnati Right off the bat, that's six games that are very winnable Then, they have home games With San Francisco, Houston, New England And they have New England at home off a of bye Two games with Cleveland, two games with Pittsburgh Those will be tough and then they go at Kansas City, at Seattle And at the Rams for 3 of their tougher games I think this is a 9 or 10 win team I'm going over Baltimore Over 8.5, I think they're 9 or 10 Baltimore Ravens Over 8.5 wins And this is even And even on the other side I'm looking at The over for Baltimore is a plus 120 So, could be a I think this is one of the, our, our our my better Over-unders right off the bat Really like Baltimore's schedule this season and I think they have some opportunities to play tough teams at home. Even the at Seattle, yeah, but they're not talking about... like The only games I look on their schedule and say that's an absolute loss is the at-Kansas City game. The Cleveland-Pittsburgh games, when it's in division like that, I would never be shocked to see them go on the road and win. I think they'll probably split those games. You gotta take care of business against Cincinnati, though. And you gotta take care of your business right off the bat Because if you lose to Miami or Arizona Then things change quite a bit But you come out of the gates You should be 2-0 and heading to Kansas City Buffalo Bills Their over-under is 7 In place 6.5 I see it at 7 here And the over is Minus 140, the under was Plus 120, I like this Under 7 I bet under 7, I think they're gonna win Six games go through their schedule How many games are they going to be favored in I think the Buffalo Bills are going to improve I think the same for the Jets I think they're they're both going to improve But I still think they're both of these teams And we'll get to the Jets in a little bit Are going to be under Okay so Buffalo starts at the Jets They're a three point underdog there Then they go at the Giants So that's what They're going to be favored on the road against the Giants I don't think so That's a winnable game They have two winnable games to start They have three winnable games to start they have Cincinnati at home in Week Three, so they could very easily be three and zero, but they could very easily be zero and three. And I think they'll probably come out of those three games one and two. Then you have to play New England. Then you go at Tennessee. You get a buy an early buy in Week Six, and then yeah, you have Miami at home. Then you have to deal with Philadelphia and Washington. Maybe you split those games. You go at Miami, Denver. At Dallas, Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, at New England And then the Jets I see 6 wins here I think they'll be more competitive I don't think they'll get blown out as much But I still like the under I'm going under the 7 For the Buffalo Bills Cincinnati Bengals They're over under 6 I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in football this year I'm going under Under the 6 You look at their schedule They start at Seattle San Francisco, Buffalo at Pittsburgh Arizona So that's their 5 They could be 2-3 and or 3-2 and through 5 But then You go at Baltimore Jacksonville, who I like a lot this year And the Rams Then they get a bye, then they play Baltimore They go at Oakland, that's not going to be an easy game Pittsburgh The Jets at Cleveland, New England At Miami, which is probably a win And they close things out with Cleveland I think this is a 5-win football team I'm going to go under their 6. This isn't a play that I would love or make. I just, if I ha- if I'd have to lean over under for Cincinnati, I would go under. I don't think they're going to be good, but I wouldn't play their over under if you have to give my the the -130 for the Bengals. I I wouldn't want to give the -130 for their under 6. But that's where I'd lean. Cleveland Browns over under 9, I love this over. Absolutely love this over for, for The Browns and What I'm seeing with the Westgate The over still a little Bit of a plus that's moved on some Other sites but I think this is going to be a very very good Football team this year they, they seem like a 10 or 11 win team now I'm not saying The Browns are going to win the Super Bowl I just Think they're going to be a good regular season Team and one of the better teams in what To me looks like a really really down AFC Cleveland He's going to have two with Cincinnati. I think that should be two wins for them right there. Then they get to play Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, and New England. So out of those four, you have three winnable games when you play that division. You look at another division that they play. Out in the NFC, they get the Rams, Arizona, San Francisco, and Seattle. Well... You take the Rams out of that division You're really not scared So they get two divisions that are not strong Tennessee in there also So if you get the two games with Cincinnati Buffalo, Miami, the Jets You're at 5 right there Tennessee 6, Arizona 7, San Francisco 8 Seattle's 9, that's their over-under And that's not even getting in So that's saying The Baltimore and Pittsburgh games And New England I'm saying they can split the Baltimore and Pittsburgh games right? I think this is a 10-11 win team I think Cleveland has the opportunity If they stay healthy to be one of the best teams In the AFC Again, does that mean they're going to get to the playoffs Beat New England, win the Super Bowl not, I don't know, i have to see them play But I think as far as they're built I like them quite a bit They're a hot team, everybody's high on them Can they become a 10 win team after the The years that they've had? I think so, I really do Double digit wins for Cleveland this year I love their over Denver Broncos over under 7 This one seems like it's going to be right on I would lean slightly under Denver I I just don't quite know what the new Coaching staff Fangio is going to look like Flacco over there They have a good running game Defense is generally pretty strong The key to their season Is going to be the start like Right off the bat, they got a a game at Oakland On the road, kicking off Monday Night Football On ESPN you come out of the box and you win that game. Well, then you're home against Chicago. That's a a game that's probably pretty winnable. That's what's interesting about this team. But if they lose that game to Oakland, then you come home and you got Chicago, who is an either-or game. You could very easily be 0-2 there. Then you have to travel. You go at Green Bay. Jacksonville comes to your place. And then you go at the Chargers. Those first five games, you could be... if you don't win that Raider game So that It's going to be big for Denver One of the teams that I had a a tough time gauging I'm slightly under on Denver Really because I I like I like the Chargers a little bit in their division I like the Chiefs a little bit in their division And I think the Raiders are going to be better this year Than we expect So Denver slightly under on the over-under 7 The Houston Texans they're tough for me, and I like them. And now with the Andrew Luck news, I think they are probably the most talented team in the division. But wow, is their schedule brutal. They have the toughest schedule in the uh, in the league. They open up at New Orleans, so you play the Saints right off the bat. Then you have to play Jacksonville Who I'm really high on this year Then you have to go at Chargers Then you play Carolina and Atlanta Back to back And then you go at Kansas City That's your first 6 weeks They have a, a decent Middle of the, of the schedule Where they go at the Colts Home for the Raiders And then they play Jacksonville And that game is in London They get their bye week But they come back from the bye week Then you gotta go at Baltimore You're home on a short week for Indianapolis, and then you got New England coming. You got Denver coming, who we don't really know what they're going to be, and then two of your final three games are with Tennessee. You travel there once. I think the Texans could still be the best team in this division in a weak division. They might be the best team and might not have the most wins when it comes down to it, and their over-under is 8.5. Let's go through the, the Where are the wins going to come? Where are the 9 wins going to come In order to get to the over 8.5 Can we find 9 wins for them? I'm seeing Jacksonville at home Carolina Indianapolis Oakland There's 4 Denver Tennessee Tampa There's 7 The Colts Again, I mean you're giving them both Colts games. you're giving them both Tennessee games in these division games. I don't know. I'm under on the Texans. I think they're seven and nine or eight and eight under on the Texans. They're eight and a half over under the Colts. I'm gonna be slightly under on them, but only because I'm a I'm I need to see a little bit more from from Bursette. But I do think there's a lot more talent on this team Than people are giving them credit for I don't think they're going to be completely Just a doormat throughout the season I think they're going to be feisty And they're, they're a team that will probably play more week to week Especially if they're home underdogs Or If, um, if they're big dogs on the road Versus playing them for a, a full season future Over under 7.5 I think I could see them you know, Splitting with Tennessee they they play right at the Chargers right off the bat to start. They got a home game against the Raiders. They could win that game. They, they you know I'm sure they'll probably win one of the two against Houston. They have Miami at home, Tennessee at home, a game at Tampa. I'm seeing seven wins, and they're over under seven and a half. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean under on the Colts. The uh the seven and a half, but again I'm not I don't think they're going to be a bad team. I think there's a lot of talent. We'll see if Brissett is truly ready to be a starting QB in this league. Jacksonville Jags. I like this team a lot this year. I think this is a nine or ten win team, and this is going to be one of the teams I'm playing the over on. Um, the over is eight. I see some places if you can get it up play, where you don't have to to lay any juice. Where you, you know where you can get it maybe at eight and a half then I somewhere and, and it's a minus one ten and it's even then take that, I'll th- the over eight is minus one twenty and where I'm seeing it, I think they're a nine or ten win team. They have to be careful early on because they they might start zero and two right out of the box. They might, but I think I'm going to play them in that Kansas City game. They have Kansas City coming in week one after Kansas City. They go at Houston, then Tennessee At Denver, at Carolina So you could be Those first five, you could be two and Three, then you go at Then you have New Orleans at home, you could be two and four But then Things start to easy up And, and the key is For a team like this Can Veteran quarterback Foles Who's been there before Can he steady the ship I'm expecting a huge, huge bounce back game A bounce back year from Leonard Fournette I'm very high on him in all fantasy And I think the Jaguars overall They had injuries to the Offensive line last year Skill position injuries Things never got going They had all the quarterback drama With Bortles, Kessler I think this is going to be a different team this year. Jacksonville in week one is a 3.5 to a 4 point home underdog. I would play them straight up in that game. I'd also take the 3, uh, you also play them plus the 3.5 points. It's tough though when you have Kansas City who's going to be one of the best teams coming in. So if they, Can you imagine if, if Jacksonville wins that game, then their over-under really looks good. Because middle of the season on, they have at Cincinnati, New York, Jets. Then they go to London Where they're they're always good in London Then they play at Indy At Tennessee, Tampa And the Chargers at home They go at the Raiders, at the Falcons And then the Colts at home I think this team could win 9 or 10 games If they could sneak one of those first Two games against Kansas City or at Houston Maybe you could sneak one of the games At Carolina or home against New Orleans That defense was still good last year It just wasn't the number one overall defense, Jags high on the Jags this year. They're going to win nine or ten games. Let's get them over the eight. The team that the the Jags will play week one, Kansas City Chiefs. They will probably be the best team in the AFC. Their over under is ten and a half. I don't see how they. They look at their schedule unless they have an injury to Mahomes or serious injuries. They look like a twelve win team on paper. That Jacksonville game. Okay, either way. Week 1, let's say they win They they lose even Then you have at Oakland Home for Baltimore, at Detroit Home for Indianapolis, home for Houston At Denver That's 6 wins most likely right there The at Denver game might be tough Then you have Green Bay and Minnesota Both at home You go at Tennessee Tennessee. And then you have home and away with the Chargers You go at New England The only losses I see for them Maybe Green Bay, maybe one one of the road games they have early on in the year. Maybe at New England, that's three. Maybe at Chicago, that's four. Even if you count the Chargers one at the end of the year, that's five, and they're still over the ten and a half. I think this is a twelve win team easy. Um you're not gonna get a whole lot of value though playing the over on the Chiefs as what they're one of the, the sexier teams in baseball. Although one one side I'm looking at is giving you a you plus plus numbers on the uh, the over under ten and a half on the on the Chiefs, so we'll go over ten and a half on the Chiefs. Chargers over under for them is ten, and I'm still going over on on the Chargers. I think they might start five or six and zero oh. home for Indianapolis at Detroit. That might not be an easy game in the in the early morning. Then they play home for Houston at Miami, home for Denver, home for Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Those are all winnable games. I mean, they, those are seven winnable games. They might not be seven and zero, but you get Pittsburgh at home, you get Denver at home, you get Houston at home, and the road games you have Detroit, Miami, Tennessee aren't that scary. Then you go at Chicago. That, that may be a loss there. Green Bay comes to play the Chargers. Then they go to up to Oakland. They get Kansas City So they might lose 3 out of 4 there Even if that's the case You have your bye, you come back from the bye You go at Denver, at Jacksonville I think probably they split, they win one of those two You get Minnesota At home, the Raiders at home And then at Kansas City I count 4-5 to five losses With an over-under of 10 We'll go over For the Chargers 10 wins Miami Dolphins, their over-under is four and a half. It could be a fun game this year to guess Miami's first win You look through On paper, when do you think they win? They have Baltimore week one New England week two Then they go at Dallas And then they play the Chargers So in the first four weeks, they have four playoff teams from last year They get a bye Then they play Washington At home And Washington's not great, but they have a lot more talent than Miami does They gotta go at Buffalo At Pittsburgh Then they get the Jets at home I'm guessing their first win is going to be Either week 6 or week 9 But Even with all that being said Their over-under is only 4.5 and And this is a team That gets to play 2 games against the Jets 2 games against the Bills They play a game against Washington We mentioned isn't scary They have a game against the Giants They have a game against Cincinnati And they play Indianapolis now And we don't really know what Indianapolis is So there are enough opportunities in here for Miami To get to 5 wins or 6 wins I think they're over On the 4.5 wins The Pats, New England Patriots I'm going to go slightly under on the Patriots this year Their over under is actually 11 And I If you'll notice the way that It's kind of unfolded I I don't think That the AFC is going to be as strong as the NFC And what I expect is there to be a couple of good divisions in the AFC And then a couple of bad divisions in the AFC And I think the AFC East is a bad division I think New England will still win that division I think they'll make the playoffs And I think they're going to win 10 games Maybe 11 I'm going under their over under of 11 the AFC North, I expect them to be really good I think the Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers And the Browns are all going to be good The AFC South, I think that's going to be a bad division now I like Houston the most But they have the toughest schedule That's why I'm going with Jacksonville Who I, I'm going to be high on Jacksonville this year To win the AFC South We don't know what we're going to get from the Titans or the Colts And then the AFC West, I think is going to be really good So I think the West and the North will be really good I'm expecting the South and the East To be no so bueno Patriots schedule Week one against Pittsburgh, week two at Miami, week three against the Jets, week four at Buffalo, week five at Washington, week six against the Giants. They could be six and oh, but then they have a tough little three game stretch where they play at the Jets on a Monday night, home for Cleveland, and then at Baltimore. I think they'll lose two out of three of those games. I think they might lose one game to the Jets Maybe on the road to the Jets Or on the road to Baltimore And I think they might lose to Cleveland So I'm going to say they go 1-2 and out of those three And they go at Philly I'm going to count that as a loss They play home against Dallas They go at Houston I'm actually going to count that as a loss And then they play home against Kansas City I'm going to count that as a loss They have Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Miami to close So what we're going to get is The Patriots will start the season hot They'll have a little lull in the middle of the season Where they lose 5 games Maybe 6 games Out of 8 or 9 And then they close things out winning at Cincinnati Buffalo, Miami And we're all going to be asking going into the playoffs Are the Patriots done? Are they any good? Are they done this year? And then they'll make a run like they always do But I'm still going under in their regular season total I'm going to go under The 11 On the Pats I just think, I think Ten is fine in a weak division. The Jets. The Jets over under is seven and a half. And I were, I like the Jets. I like Sam Darnold. I expect to see some improvement from them. Let's go through their schedule. Week one against Buffalo. Okay, that's probably a win. Week two home against Cleveland. I'm going to count that as a loss. Week three at New England. I'm going to count that as a loss. They have a bye early. Then we get back from their bye They have to go at Philly That's probably a loss They have Dallas at home You don't know what you're going to get there They have New England at home So they have two games against New England in their first six Then they have to play at Jacksonville So they could have They could be By the time they, they get to week eight They could have one or two wins Then they get the games against the Giants At Washington Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami they get a little five game spurt from week nine to week 14 where things will ease up a little bit for them, but if they get beat up early on, will they be able to stay calm and and write things in the middle to end to end of the season and then things don't end easy at Baltimore, home against Pittsburgh and at Buffalo. I think they're a seven win team I'm going under on the Jets seven and a half. The Oakland Raiders Raiders over under is 6 And I'm going over I hope I'm not just drinking the Hard Knocks Kool-Aid I just feel like there's a little more talent there than, than there have been in years past If you get a couple of good games From Antonio Brown Not even a full season Maybe he can just help you win one or two games That you're not supposed to win That first game of the year is huge Can they beat Denver at home Monday night Everybody pumped up If they win that game then they're over under I think has a as a big shot. So I'm going to take a swing on the over. With the Raiders, I see the over as a uh, as even or on the slight plus side. They could beat Denver week 1. Then they have Kansas City at home week 2 and then they have to go to at Minnesota at Indianapolis and home for Chicago. Can they start just 2 and 3 in those 5? They go after the bye at Green Bay at Houston, home for Detroit, home for the Chargers home for Cincy. So when you look, they have home games against winnable teams like Denver, Detroit, Cincinnati, Tennessee. I think they have a big opportunity to get over their six. I think they can get the seven or eight wins this year. They're part of that AFC West division that I am really high on. Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the final two AFC teams. I'm going to go over with Pittsburgh also I'm going to go over the 9 With the Steelers Week 1 They're at New England on Sunday night So let's say that's a loss Week 2, they, they're they home against Seattle Let's count that as a win Week 3, they're at San Francisco Even if we count that as a loss Then they get Cincy and Baltimore at home We'll give them a couple wins They go at the Chargers By week, come back Home for Miami, Indianapolis And the Rams they could win at least two out of three of those games, split with Cleveland. And then you get at Cincinnati, you have at Arizona winnable game, you have Buffalo at home, you have at the Jets winnable game. I think Pittsburgh gets to ten or eleven wins. I'm over the nine on the Steelers. I think there could be three really good teams in that AFC North with uh with Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland all, you know, right around the double digit wins. And then Tennessee I do not like Tennessee at all this year I'm very very low on them And I'm going to go under Tennessee Their over under is 8 The under I'm seeing is around minus 120 I just never know what to do with Tennessee They're so inconsistent I think they start with a loss at Cleveland They can come home and beat Indianapolis And then they go at Jacksonville At Atlanta, that could be two losses They're home for Buffalo, then they go at Denver I have a tough time ever picking them on the road Because they just are not a consistent enough team For me At Carolina, they have home against Kansas City Houston, New Orleans They have 2 out of 3 games with Houston To end the season and New Orleans I don't like Tennessee I don't like their uh, They're over this year We're going to go under the 8 with the Tennessee Titans So one more time Just going through Baltimore over 8.5 Buffalo under 7 Bengals under 6 Browns over the 9 I think they're double digits Broncos, I'm going to go slight under the 7 Houston Texans Slightly under that 8.5 Maybe a 7-8 win team Colts slight under the 7.5 Jags were going over the 8 I like the, I think they're a 9-10 win team And a playoff team this year Chiefs were going over the 10.5 They're going to be battling for the best record In the AFC And they're going to be winning around 12 games Over that 10.5 Chargers were going over the 10 I think they'll probably be right at 11 or 12 And battling with the Chiefs For one of the best teams in the AFC And, and in a really good division Miami, we're going to go over the 4.5 They're bad, but they don't have the toughest schedule in the world They could easily win 5 or 6 games and and get over that 4.5 Patriots, we're going to go under the Patriots I think they're going to win 10 to maybe 11 this year And I don't think they're going to go over that over-under of 11 So we're going to go slight under on the Patriots Now I don't think they're going to be bad I think they'll just win 10 games in a division where they don't have to really win more than that The Jets over under We're going under the 7 The Raiders over under We're going over the 6 Slight over for the Raiders this year Steelers over under We're going slightly over The Steelers 9 I think they're a double digit win team this year 10 or 11 wins And then the Tennessee Titans We're going under on the Titans Just not a fan of this Tennessee squad this year Need to see a lot more consistency from them Under the eight. Hey, we'll be back next week with the NFC Over-Unders So best of luck if you make any uh, futures Or any season-long plays In the NFL at your past performances out Let's go Kentucky Downs Saturday We're going to go to race number 6, the late pick 5 Hey, if you're not paying attention to Kentucky Downs Go look at the races over there They do an Unbelievable job Full fields, great racing Low takeout When you see racetracks that lower the takeout Even if they're not a track that you normally bet Go support them What it does is it starts to help send that message To those tracks Hey, when you lower the takeout We're going to continue to support you And that's Kentucky Downs has done an amazing job Over the last few years Improving their product That's why they've gained more dates And that's why the the racing product Just continues to get better and better over there Everyone wants to go run in a race I mean, look at the the sixth race That we're going to look at on Saturday That starts the Late pick five. Fourteen percent takeout in your pick five. A maiden special weight race with a purse of a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Really, really good racing there. So we won't spend a whole we'll just kinda go through the race a little bit. Uh in race number six, I love the ten. Tiz Penny. Tiz Penny's debut, she was last early, but she was guided to the outside. She took a bit to get going. It was It's kind of a weird ride Where it felt like she had a little bit more And she kept coming late And she was only beaten, you know, length and a quarter For all the money I'm expecting a much better effort From her second time out So Tiz Penny we'll use on top If she's 4-1 to we'll make a win wager on her And in the late pick 5 We're also, we're going to use the 10 Along with the 2 Cheap but good What a great name for a horse, right? This filly was purchased for only $1,000 Her debut was going 5.5 furlongs on the dirt Now she's on the grass When you look at her her breeding The dam was 0 for 4 on the grass So you say, man, she wasn't good on the turf, right? But she finished second three times By a nose, a neck, and a head I think cheap but good is a little sneaky in here I'm going to use this filly in my late pick fives The three gotta be the salsa, logical contender in here. She uh, will be gr- trying the grass for the first time. She's raced twice on the synthetic over at Arlington. She broke well from the outside. She couldn't ever get to the leader, though, who was favored that day, the favored pace setter. And then the winner, Mom's Red Lipstick, snuck up the inside. She was clear second that day. She looks like the one to catch in here. Coming out of sprint races, she actually broke right with the leaders, and she's probably the quickest. So gotta be the salsa could be tough to run down I'll also be using the 8 Lady Elsa Who is cutting back from the mile grass race at Indiana Grand She was asked for some speed from the outside She got the lead She ended up drawing off by about a length and a half But she was no match for the top 2 She held 3rd that day in a big field I think Lady Elsa makes a little sense So I have this race in order 10-3-2-8 Depending on how deep you want to go in your Late pick 5, those are the 4 horses Who I like most in this race I just, I'm just i not as high on the first time starters Having to go 6.5 furlongs Over this weird course It's a little different It's a little deep It's a little more I think difficult for a first time starter To have to navigate Than for some of these horses with experience So the 11 AJ Rock Wouldn't be a shock The Dam was a 14 time winner But not a whole lot of turf success And for Peter Miller, you're never going to be surprised To see a first time starter come out running But I will, will expect AJ Rock to maybe be a little short I Have to deal with an outside post First time out Going a weird distance over a strange racetrack 6.5 is never an easy distance Now you're going 6.5 on a difficult turf course First time out of the box 10.328 in the 6th At Kentucky Race number 7 not often when you're going uh, the ten ten double right. I like the ten on top in race number six. I like the ten on top in race number seven. There are going to be there are going to be a couple different tickets where I single this horse in the pick five, and I'm talking about Smart Emma. Smart Emma, you look at her last two starts; they were really good. And, and prior to that, she hooks. She's a Julie Grade One winner who we just saw come back and run uh, behind Midnight Bisou and late, and Adore. She's faced some really nice company in her last start. She was. Fifth, Six, she was about five lengths off and Then she got caught in between horses And then she gets caught down inside Waiting behind horses Once she gets an opening, she finally gets an opening She moved really well But it was too late I think Smart Emma, the outside draw Doesn't concern me As much At this track, with with a horse who has some uh, versatility like she does, I think she has shown a little bit of tactical speed, but she can take back and make one run. So I'm going to trust Graham to make the decision here. Smart Emma on top. I think the one, Casca I follow this horse, this filly for a while, and I just keep expecting her to jump up and and run a big one one of these days. And if she's a price, I'll continue to, to... Throw her in Exotics Because then at least the day she shows up and wins It'll be at 15 or 20 to 1 and It'll be worth having used her all those times So throw the one Kaskin into your Exotics I just I was really high on her last year She didn't show much And then that June 7th race at Churchill Was pretty good I thought she was getting back into form So much that I actually included her in Exotics Against Grade 3 Company last time out So if I used her last time against Better I have to at least give her another shot here uh, against a, a softer group And then Lamari the 9 looks like the one to beat I will probably use these 3 The 1, 9 and 10 in the exotics Most of the exotics here Tough to really make a uh, To knock Lamari or to build cases Against her, she just hasn't run a bad effort In any of her route races uh, uh, Any of her route races on the grass And I think She just fits very very well in here 10, one, 9 in race number 7 The mile 70 yard The one dreamer how about the eighth race, the tourist mile worth $750,000 purse going the mile at Kentucky Downs? I'll mention four horses in here. And I mean, you have the, the two next shares who's a grade one winner. I actually have next shares picked third in this spot. I like the nine Mr. Cub. If you just look at his running style, doesn't it project like he will sit a great trip in here? You look to his outside, great wide open, real story. They're quick. You look. To the inside, you have Seam Reap, who's also gonna flash a little bit of speed. Maybe Snapper Sinclair sitting close. I think Mr. Cub, maybe sitting fourth, gets the opportunity to get a jump on some of the deep closers in here. Maybe he can sit right behind all the speeds that are battling, and then he gets first jump on neck shares and Hembry. So for me, I like the nine Mr. Cub on top. The other horse who's really interesting is the 12 Majestic Eagle. Go back and watch the Del Mar mile. Was not a bad effort. The two-back race at Santa Anita, grade three winning, good effort again. And overall, he's just been really consistent. You start going and watching three or four of his races in a row, and you're realizing that more than more than not, you're getting a good effort from him. He's faced top-level company. I think Majestic Eagle. He can work out a trip from the 12 post, which, as I mentioned, I don't... On this kind of a track, it's a little bit different I think you can Work out a trip from anywhere with the right ride So let's give Majestic Eagle a shot I have 9, 12, the two Next shares, it's tough to really leave This classy guy out of your exotics He hasn't been in the best of form in his last few But look at the races he's coming out of You know, three of the Top races on the calendar For grass horses, year in and year out You know, that the Pegasus World Cup turf He was behind bricks and mortar Then he hooks, uh a grade 1 field In Santa Anita And then again he hooks a grade 1 field In the Turf Classic behind Bricks and Mortar Again So it's not really a shock To see that in his last few starts He's been a little bit overmatched by the best Turf horse right now In in the US Really hard to leave him out of your exotics And then the 4, Hembree Hembree loves to come running and finish 2nd or 3rd But in this race With, with the speed on paper with at least two, it looks like, you know Two to four pace Horses, whose best efforts Are when they're on the lead and you expect them To go to the lead Them battling up front should set up For Hembry to come running Who hooked the really good Got Stormy who Got Stormy is good, just so, so good I mean, what's to what's knock about The runner-up in the Forbidden Apple The runner-up in the Poker Um You know what you're going to get from Henry He's going to launch that late run 9, 12, 2, 4 For me in race number 8 at Kentucky Downs Race 9 at Kentucky Downs The Juvenile Phillies The Xacta Systems Juvenile Phillies Phillies 2 year olds going a mile on the turf course I will mention 3 horses in here This is I guess they're they're all pretty logical The 6 weekend fun will be trying the grass for the first time He, she was a clear cut second after pressing at Saratoga last time out She was a fine third in her debut at Churchill Downs Her dam's her dam was a two time winner and both of those wins came on the grass Her dam actually broke her maiden in the first grass start A situation identical to the one that Weekend Fun is in She was solid in four grass starts and then she got hurt This one has a little bit of sneaky grass breeding But that damn weekend fantasy was a little bit better On the grass than it might look at just first glance The one Ask Bailey Loved her big sustained rally First time going long She'll save all the ground and she'll come rolling And she was just beaten ahead Going 5.5 in the debut And she showed that nice improvement Second time out Even though her figure was a little lower She did exactly what she had to do to win that race 6-1 And the 12 fly so pretty She's another that's done a little wrong But she will be trying a mile for the first time And she'll have to do it from post 12 But she beat a couple next out winners In a strong race at Saratoga on July the 21st She looks logical I mean I wouldn't talk you off the 7 or the 11 They all seem to make some sense in here But I think there's going to be a little bit of pace on paper If there's anyone that's quick enough to get in front of the field and wire them I think it might be weekend fun So I'll use weekend fun Ask Bailey, Fly So Pretty and All The Exotics Those are the three 1, 6, 12 6, one, 12 I have uh, In the in order in race number 9 At Kentucky Downs And then race number 10 It is the juvenile 500,000 For 2 year olds going a mile On the turf Look at the money in these races the 7 Fenwick Station The 9 our country just ran The day so don't expect uh, Our country To run back We just saw uh, Our country at Saratoga So the 7 Fenwick Station I have on top Fenwick Station Ran really really well He Was waiting inside at Indiana Ground going a mile He got shuffled, he got bouncing around in between horses He had to sit behind horses Then he moves to the inside, he got bumped around at the rail And he ends up getting the victory I thought it was a very good debut when he had a nice education He probably learned a lot out of that race I think Fenwick Station is a must use In all of your exotics The 4, Nighttime was a step slow from the inside on the turn Shot through but was always working hard And was down on the inside Now gets off the rail after 2 tries on the rail Goes a little longer He has good speed I think nighttime. If anyone in here can take this field gate to wire It's the 4 nighttime Who will be battling it out up front The 5 are you kidding me He broke really well And he ends up right on the lead In his debut going a mile and a 16th He ends up taking back a little bit on the turn, he's third then he angles up, three wide he's in between horses he really was running hard all the way and ends up getting the victory he he worked for it and he's tough to leave out and the 12, peace achieved he just sat chilly on the inside while he was having to deal with a, a foe to the outside who wanted the lead but he just kind of sat in very very easily opened up And that was his first start going long on the grass And in his prior start at Churchill Downs He exited a really tough race That had a couple next out winners and Including Field Pass Field Pass who we just saw come back and finish second In the grade 3 with anticipation Who beat our country on August the 28th When they were both in there So there is your Kentucky Downs Tenth race, seven, four, five, twelve to close things out. Best of luck there in your uh, in your Kentucky Downs pick fives. At Del Mar. Let's go to race number seven on Saturday at Del Mar, the 31st. It's the start of a late pick four, and it is the John C. Maybe. Vasilica was so impressive and has been so impressive. She was defeated last time out. Pratt back. Again, but she's a five-year- old mayor, and i I think there's a nice four-year-old Philly who, if you're playing a late exotic, I would single Toinette in here. I think she's just coming into this race in really nice form. She had a good little prep a few weeks back. She's set to take another step forward in here. Pratt ends up going to Basilica Which makes sense, is just a little bit more Proven of a graded stakes winner But, I like Toinette I would single Toinette in the late exotics at, at Del Mar on Saturday in race number 7 If you're playing anything in that John C Maybe, the 8th race Um, really Fun, made in special weight, Strong looking race Throw the one Zimba Warrior in Draws the rail but has enough speed To at least Use the speed to get it in a good spot Behind Storm the court who's Going to be in, in the, the the grade 1 Delmar Futurity Zimba Warrior has a little bit of experience Now and a lot of these talented first time Starters might get a little tired Late this course should have a little bottom Zimba Warrior Throw him in your exotics there in race number 8 I don't think he'll be the morning line Price he'll probably be half of that 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 seems More likely to what he should be The ninth race The Grade 1 Del Mar Debutant There are 3 in here I want to mention Obvious respect for Inspiresa, I'm not trying to beat her Really in any way, shape or form She's deserving I would put Stellar Sound on top Just because of the draw Now if you watched her debut, the outside draw actually was not a positive for her Because she veered out and she spotted the field a few lengths She broke completely outward, but she recovered well She sat nicely, she moved up, and she ended up uh, getting a a pretty professional win in the end With the outside draw, with what looks like a lot of speed signed on Stellar Sound could get the trip The horse who I think is a little sneaky is Pierzina We haven't seen her since July 20th She's a little out of sight Out of mind Because she only raced once at the meeting She only raced going 5 furlongs And she has speed like many others in here do But we don't really know how good she is She crushed a field Wasn't a great field So far they haven't come back and, and had a lot of success But she could be any kind And I don't think there's enough attention or focus on her She might be forgotten about a little bit I'm going to use pure Zina in all the exotics. So I have 873, those three. And pure Zina might be worthy of a few bucks to win because you just don't know with her yet. 873 for me in the, the Delmar debutante. And then in that 10th race, make sure to throw the, the five Frederick Stodd in your exotics. I'm just expecting a much better effort from this one going a little bit longer. So toss Frederick Stodd into your exotics in that 10th race. And then on Sunday, at Saratoga, there's a horse I like, race number 11, on September 1st, Saratoga, the 3, Perfect Alibi. Perfect Alibi just won the Adirondack and is coming out of the same race with Frank's Rocket. Now, I watched the two of them in that race. Perfect Alibi's trip wasn't that much worse than Frank's Rockette And Perfect Alibi beat Frank's Roquette. I don't understand why Frank's Roquette Is going to be that much shorter of a price than Perfect Alibi If Perfect Alibi is over 5-2 to two, I think she makes a whole lot of sense right back They were both down on the inside, they were both in tight They both kind of had to wait, wait, wait for room Got bumped around Frank's Roquette probably got bumped a little bit And had sl- maybe a little more trouble, but I- I don't know. I thought they again and, and they were both on even terms mid-stretch late in the stretch. I'm going perfect alibi. Or well, maybe a horse to single in in your late exotics there at Saratoga on Sunday. Okay, let's get to the Ballers recap. So, Ballers season 5 is going to be the final season. Great uh good show on HBO. It is about Spencer Strassmore, who is played by the Rock, who was a former football player and has now gotten into the money management and helping players that are now that are playing representing players, agencies, managers, um that side of the business. so uh, so the first four seasons have been all about. Uh, the, the Rock and Rob Corddry their characters of Spencer and Joe Creating their business And interacting and dealing with all sorts of Athletes and um, Celebrities and Entertainers Season 5 picks up one year later Right after Spencer had just quit his job That's what happens in the end of season 4 And he's reflecting Back on his career and his life He says he didn't choose football Uh, I didn't choose football, football chose me He's filming some sort of a documentary Because he keeps He's being interviewed with the camera crew around Uh, Now he's living on the beach With Tracy But he's never been in the water And when Tracy asks him about why he's never been in the water He continues to deflect those questions He gets a call from his former boss About the Kansas City Chiefs They are up for sale They want Spencer To buy the team, to be part of a group that buys the team We then see Joe, Rob Corddry, and Lance, Russell Brand Lance reminds Joe that now it's been a year since Spencer left So Joe still has to try to deal with it and get over it a little bit That's why Joe and Lance are partners, because Spencer left They're being evicted from their office But Joe wants to build a new office and a training facility on a big piece of land that has a small lake running through it, but it's a big project. And we see Charles, who is the GM of the Rams. It's funny when they use some real players' names and then real players make cameos, real people make cameos, but then there's also actors playing people, kind of meta, right? He mentions Fowler and Eric Weddle. They need to get the golf deal done. And then we see Ricky Jarrett, his buddy, who's a wide receiver. He signed last year, he did a a great job He had a good year But Jarrett tested positive for PEDs For a banned substance for Andro Ricky's friend Finds out, gets the letter in the mail From the NFL His friend was actually the one that told him it would be okay He tried to figure out about Andro He thought it was masked on the test So the GM, Charles, their buddy Wants to see them, calls them into the office Next we see Reggie Who's working now with Joe and Lance for the last years And he's mad at Joe because they keep leaving him out Reggie wants to be a part of this You know he's hearing the rumors about being evicted And the big real estate deals He just wants to be in the know now That they're partners Continue to see more of Spencer Who recapping his life in these documentaries Now he's talking about his family And his dad who taught him football And everything his dad taught Really sunk in with Spencer But it didn't with his brother He starts to talk about his brother who dies and this is one of the reasons why Spencer really hates the NCAA Is what uh, it did and what happened to his brother Tracy getting ready to leave the beach paradise And head back to Bristol But she can tell something is up with Spencer She's pushing him to get back into work now She knows that he needs to get on his feet And he can't just sit around and, and do nothing on the, on the beach That's not him But Spencer turns down getting involved with the Kansas City ownership There's a meeting at the office with Joe and with Lance Not positive uh, reporting back From their department heads That work underneath them They don't seem very competent Joe is not happy He's cursing, he's throwing stuff around Like always he offends one of the female employees And it's uh, a funny scene there Ricky Jarrett Talks to his agent Jason He tells him about the PEDs And he tells Ricky to take the four game suspension We then see Vern Who's been recovering from his injury And Reggie and Vernon They're at a big esports tournament And they're in the audience And Vernon is talking like he doesn't want to come back to football To play for the Cowboys He wants to be an esports gamer now He wants a change He's having a crisis of character Ricky's agent Jason calls Charles They're not going to fight the suspension Jason's able to smooth things over with Charles Joe And Lance They make an offer on the land And it's accepted but Instead of just having to buy the one lot If they want the one lot They have to buy two The seller will only sell both They turn it down Ricky finds out from his agent Not only are the Rams not too upset With uh, his PED suspension I mean they're a little upset But he got a two year extension now For seven million He's happy, he's off the hook Now he's got four games off And as he turns around In the street, pumped up he gets nailed by a car. He packs right up into the street and he gets hit hard. What's going on with Ricky? New 2-year deal and he just got laid out by a car. Spencer's then telling a story about him and his big brother. They were up in uh, atop there up at a big cliff that was overlooking a small body of water when they were kids and Spencer was always kind of trying to act tough and trying to prove himself and he ends up jumping and when he jumps and he hits the water He ends up breaking his arm, a couple ribs His brother has to jump in and save him And since then That is why Spencer's always been scared of water And he's kind of going through Talking about how his brother was a, you know, a big part of his life And obviously means a lot to him Next we see Candace knocking on Spencer's door She tries to come out And, and convince Spencer to be a part of the ownership group For Kansas City She works for the NFL She wants him Instead of trying to fight the NFL To do his damage from the inside Don't battle the league She wants him to be the first black majority Owner in league history And while he's Talking Joe calls Spencer to ask some advice About the expansion They haven't talked at all in a year Spencer kind of pushes him off the phone quickly He says "Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to buy The Chiefs And then Joe hangs up the phone and says we're it, And he buys both lots So they're having a little battle of one-upsmanship here I think Joe feels like he has to make his move now Spencer tells Candice That he will buy the team But he wants to run it his way Final season of Ballers Ricky Jarrett just got hit by a car Vernon wants to be a gamer Not an NFL player anymore Joe is buying two huge lots To build and expand And Spencer is buying the Chiefs that's what we'll be talking about on the next few episodes of Ballers moving forward. B H nine o two one o. We are in episode four of six episodes of season one, and now I think it's starting to get uh, starting to get better. Now it took a little while, and they're they're even they even have a lot of inside jokes about how it was bad to begin. And how they want to stay true to their characters And so I I like this episode quite a bit It opened up with another flashback This one was Gabby, Andrea in the Peach Pit And Kelly and Donna and Brenda They were being mean to her And she wasn't fitting in It was basically all her biggest fears from high school in one She was looking for Brandon And when she's trying to find Brandon it's actually Christine, Emily Valentine And then she wakes up It's a nightmare And we open the show with Gabby and Christine, Gabby and Christine out on their date. And Gabby's trying to flirt with Christine, but they've had a miscommunication. Christine didn't think it was a date. That makes Gabby uncomfortable. Um, Christine's stressing out about the show as they have no script and they are just 2 days out. But the fans love the new photo recreation. The fans are going crazy on the social meds, social media. One of Shay's songs, Brian's wife got Leaked, Released and leaked out to the public in, in the middle So it sounds awful Her voice is bad It hasn't been mixed or done anything with And The assistant Zach He blames it on someone else He tells Shay that it's her publicist Jenny's daughter is upset Cause now she's in She's got a part in the show now But people are hating on her for only getting the part Cause of her mom the nepotism Which is funny You'll see in a minute how it ties in with the nepotism for uh, Tori spelling. Jenny's in the kitchen. She mentions a latte of love, a Lifetime movie where she learned about being a barista. She's getting very flirty now with Wyatt. And Jenny do- Jenny's daughter, Kyler, auditions so they can squash the nepotism talk. And she is terrible. She's a horrible actress, and, and especially compared to the next girl that comes in and just nails it. So Jenny knows that Kyler shouldn't have the role They decide to make Kyler Donna's daughter instead So initially Kyler likes that idea Because she didn't want to be known just as Jenny's daughter So she likes the fact that she's playing Tori's daughter instead Or Donna's daughter Tori Ian's upset with that writer Anna Who he's had some run-ins with, some flirtations with He wants to play the old stylish Steve and She Just Gives it to him again Walks off There's just an obvious future with these two right They've got a good uh, a good back and forth Shane knows That it was Zach She does not trust him She continues to warn Brian About this weird kid They have their first table read They still haven't seen his script So they sit down for the table read It is the crew without Shannon And they're sitting there with Christine The executive from Fox And they're sitting there with Anna the writer And the cast is not happy They don't know if it's a comedy or a drama Jenny's daughter Kyler is upset She only has one line Tori does not like it They say it's anticlimactic They say it's retro Jenny says draw a warm bath and slit my wrists Kyler walks out She's so mad that she only has one line Jason says What am I supposed to do with these claustrophobic interiors Gabby is upset with Andrea And the character arc that they've had She's having Lesbian experiences immediately It's supposed to be kind of a gradual Sexual awakening Brian is supposed to be a lawyer But his shirt always is always off He wants a little substance The only one happy is Ian Ian Who Has an inspirational monologue An action sequence He saves a drowning kid with abs Glistening in the sun The crew wants to redo the script The writer, Anna, she's obviously very upset She doesn't work that way, any writer would be upset To see their work getting Received This poorly So they decide that they're going to meet up And rewrite the script Jason and Wyatt have an interaction Which is great because Wyatt's a fan Of Jason and you could tell Jenny's a little uncomfortable with her two love interests now in the elevator together. But Jason and Jenny—they just keep having great scenes. They really do. I, I like the two of them together. They they play off of each other very well. Jason Priestley and and Jenny Brandon and Kelly. So the crew is with the writer. They're giving Anna the feedback on what they don't like, and everyone's at Oz They trash Anna's writing. They don't want to play these roles They say they won't do it And then Christine Emily Valentine lets them know That if they don't play these parts Not only will they be fired They're also going to be sued And they will never be another talk of a reboot The show starts tomorrow There is no script Nobody's happy about anything that's been written So far Ian goes to talk to Anna And now he's trying to help her Because he feels bad that everyone's been just trashing her writing but he mentions that they all need this to go well The crew and Anna They want to write it themselves So he's being nice to Anna He tells her why don't you go somewhere Get some, get your, your thoughts together Start to come up with some words He gives her the keys to his car so she can go relax in his car Start writing The crew is trying to write And they are not agreeing at all They can't come to terms on anything Everyone's all over They're not writers They don't know what to do And Anna starts working on the script in the car Ian Sends her A Stream, a little screenshot To watch them fighting and arguing And crying And like a scene of, reminds you exactly of Something that would have happened in the old Beverly Hills 90210 And it it's some inspiration for Anna She starts writing and she knows the direction That she needs to go now Tori has to cross out all the sex scenes With Brian, which Brian doesn't seem to like And so it's when Gabby's breaking down About how hard it was for her to be so much older Than everyone, she just wanted everyone to like her They have a really good moment They hung it out, and that's the moment that Ian sends to Anna, and that's the moment That Anna sees and starts to to get writing On the show, on the new script Shannon comes in while the crew Is all attempting to work on the script And they mention that there's no script They have a crazy stalker And that the network is threatening to sue them And this seems to be a little too much for Shannon She can't handle it She walks out As Brian says being dramatic is in her job description The girls go to find Shannon She's smoking, meditating Looking for Searching for enlightenment She's using an app to meditate She says enlightenment can be really annoying Shannon doesn't like The weird energy now Around And they end up Mentioning to her that they're upset that she's getting more money than her She Has to think About If she's ready or not And so There's the drama with Shannon And we're used to Ian goes to his car to see Anna She's writing, he's helping her out And so he leaves and she just continues to uh, To Get through this new script Kyler is upset about the small part But Jenny talks to her And makes it a little better. She lets her know that her first part was actually on Growing planes as Blonde Girl. Everyone's got to start somewhere. And Kyler mentions that she was the one that slashed Jenny's tires. Because she doesn't want Wyatt the bodyguard to leave. She knows that Jenny and, uh, and Wyatt have some chemistry. So Brian and Tori. They are working. And their significant others are starting to talk. And Tori's husband really starts to like Shay. Which... Gets Tori jealous Tori then talks to Christine About Shannon not doing the show And that's when That's when they all really find out about um, About Shannon And Brenda getting paid more than them So that's that gets everyone upset Christine feels like Shannon's playing games with them, with them Was just holding out for more money The girls then go put pressure on Shannon since she makes more money They're all upset But they have a good moment, they start to hash out some things from 30 years ago, and they agree to all go work on a script. Brian and Tori share a nice moment, and you can tell there's some nice chemistry between them. I I do think that the the those who are couples seem like they still have a good back and forth on screen. Christine is drinking at the bar, she's stressed out, she's struggling with this project, they don't have a script. All of the actors are being divas. She doesn't know what to do. Shannon's still not signed on. And Gabby comes in there and and they're talking. They're having a drink. They almost kiss, but Gabby decides not to. That's when Shannon comes to meet with everyone. And that's when the whole crew lets uh, lets her know how they're upset that she's making more money. But then she mentions 100% of her salary will be going to support kids in hot zones. She's such a hippie. Anna comes back with a rewrite, they read the script and they all love it They start celebrating, time for some drinks Shay tells Brian that she had the P.I. look into the song leak And it was in fact her publicist But she also had her P.I. look into Zach And Zach has pictures of his all over his apartment of Brian He has Brian's wallet, he has weird stuff off all over Who is this kid? They all like the script Everyone's happy And Jenny and Wyatt Are leaving together She likes him And They joke Because he knows That her daughter Was the one that slashed uh, Her tires They almost kiss They don't Because he can't get involved With clients But now she's going to Ask Fox To remove the bodyguard uh, Tomorrow And tell him She doesn't need The bodyguard anymore That way her and Wyatt Can get together Gabby Goes and sees Christine She kisses Christine and they are making out Good for you Andrea Brian goes to Confront Zach at his apartment And we see that Zach is in fact Brian's son As many had suggested The crew is getting ready to start Filming They are on set They're walking to the set getting ready And the set is on fire Not Necessarily The Sign you want when you're getting ready To start your reboot Set on fire What next week On BH90210 You'll get the full recap Right here Make sure to tell all your friends that like BH90210 Everything you need to know Right here Let's close things out with AEW Double or nothing I've said this How many times have I said double or nothing 15 20 (laughs) <laughs> AEW all out. AEW all out. Okay. So this is a really like a f- there's a there's four big matches on the show and then there's an undercard um on the buy in which is the pre-show which you can watch on YouTube for free. Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. I believe the show starts at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific and it's on BR Live. If you want to purchase it, so that buy-in show private party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. The main card will start with Riho versus Ikaru Shida. There is the Crackle Barrel Clash: Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen. These are all three really talented guys. They just don't really have. Storylines going on I think until TV Starts so they keep putting them in these Multi-man matches just to get them on the card We'll see some crazy stuff here From Janella and Jimmy Havoc in particular The Dark Order versus the Best Friends the winner gets a first Round bye in the AEW Tag Team Tournament see if the Dark Order Can get over a little bit more I think This is it's kind of been missing A little bit there's also going to be The Battle Royal The Women's Battle Royal And they've done a good With these casino battle royal themes so far And then I think there's the big four matches It'll be the AAA world tag team titles The Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks And it's going to be a ladder match This one Will be insane High spots all over Tons of action And then hopefully after this These two teams can move on Because they've been feuding with each other For quite some time But this match Should be great Lucha Bros, Young Bucks Then Cody versus Sean Spears We Remember Sean Spears, he was Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10 in WWE This has a good storyline As Cody brought Sean Spears into AEW And he mentioned that Sean's a good hand And That offended Sean He doesn't want to just be a good hand And Sean came out He hit Cody with a chair Um The chair busted Cody open There's been really good back and forth On the YouTube series And on the road to All Out This match has been built up very very well Tully Blanchard is in the corner Of Sean Spears This is an old school feud And I think Sean Spears has to win this first match In order to set up for a second and third match And for Cody to get the big win down the line John Moxley got hurt and Everybody went oh no One of the big matches on the big show Is already in trouble And they were immediately able to fill in With Pac Who we knew as Neville in WWE And Pac remember was supposed to be In AEW a while back But he had some issues with Dragon Gate Where he was still the champion there He didn't want to come over and lose a match Until he lost that title Now he's here in AEW and I expect him to be One of the Main event players And now you look at the combination of Towards the top of the card You have this match Pac and Kenny Omega And this will be a great great match These guys can go give them 25 minutes And let them just tear the house down This will probably be Sort of like a number one contenders match And the winner of this will probably face The winner of the AEW World Championship match Between Hangman Page and Chris Jericho and it it makes the most sense for a company like All Elite Wrestling to put Chris Jericho uh, to, as um, to have Chris Jericho be your champion starting TV. It just makes the most sense. People know Jericho if they're tuning, uh, flipping the channels, they see him, they know him. And then maybe you hook them. He's the biggest star. He's as close to a mainstream celebrity as as they have, and he's getting older. So you're not gonna have Jericho have a story. You build up in a year or two to have him win the title You just have him be the champ Immediately as a heel And I think if you have, if you want it to be Hangman Page As your first, like babyface champ And as your big star Then you can build the chase with him And if it's not him, maybe it's it's somebody else But down the line I just don't like the build for Hangman Adam Page As of late He feels a little cold right now Heading into this So I think the right way to go would be to have Jericho As your AEW world Champ A big thank you to everyone For tuning into this episode of That's What G Said And as Stephanie mentioned earlier Thank you to everyone for the really nice Support on social media I posted uh, that we're going to have a kid On Facebook and Twitter and Instagram And the comments Just continue to keep pouring in And everyone has been so nice and and so sweet So thank you very much If you can, get on over to iTunes Leave a nice 5 star rating and review Subscribe On YouTube, that's what G said Subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts Tune in anywhere you listen to podcasts Right now We give it up To my good friend, Joey Cleveland Close us out, buddy